Welcome to my podcast, Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, an interior designer with a passion for managing construction projects, large and small. My mission is to empower women, both homeowners and interior designers, to manage renovation projects like a pro. My goal in sharing my knowledge and experience from working in the field for the past 29 years will allow you to avoid the mistakes I have seen and go into projects confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your projects will be as smooth and as successful as possible. In today's episode, I'm going to take a step away briefly from the construction side of my world to talk more about the decorating side. And as we all know, the pandemic has created supply chain issues that are unprecedented. And I am saddened to say that they are seemingly getting worse when we had all hoped that the dawn of 2022 would shorten those delays. So I know there are homeowners as well as designers struggling with how to make the best decision given what we know in the moment. And today I wanna share some thoughts I have and what I am sharing with my clients. So let's get to it. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Today I wanna talk about a very of the moment topic and that is the state of the supply chain issues that we're dealing with. So it is early March, and I, for one, had thought once we close the door on 2021, that everything would start very slowly, but start to get better. And I am incredibly sad and surprised to share that in my experience and from what I am hearing from all corners of my industry is that the supply chain issues are actually getting worse. I saw on someone's post that they were told perhaps winter of 2023 is when we will see some semblance of normalcy. And I, trust me, I'm still a little shaken by seeing winter of 2023, but this impacts everything we do. Now on the construction side, I actually have to say I have seen improvements, not, not tremendous. It's not, you know, in stock every time I check. But I feel like there has been a a turn in that part of my business. So today I want to talk about the issues that you are all likely facing in the decorating side of the business, right? Anything from wallpapers to furniture to fabrics to carpets to you name it. Everything seems to be impacted. You may be listening today saying, Uh uh-oh, I'm about to place a bunch of orders. As a designer, you might be placing a bunch of orders for clients. As a homeowner, you may be saying, hey, my project is going to wind down in two months and I need furniture, right? We put on a family room. I I have like three pieces of furniture to go in this new space. I need to furnish it. And this would be normal in any other time period, but we are not living in normal times. So I want to share today what I've been discussing with my own clients so that you can see a different perspective from a professional's perspective. And we can talk through how you come to the best decision for you at this current moment. And for designers, same thing. Each of your clients will have different needs and likely different best case scenarios. So to begin with, There is to-the-trade furniture that is not sitting in a retail store, and then there is retail furniture. 
And I, for one, use both resources, probably lean more on trade only simply because of the fact that it is more customizable. And so these days, I have been looking to retail much more frequently in the hopes that they have some sort of buying power and warehousing situation that can beat out any of my trade resources. It happens occasionally, but that's my point and what I want to warn people about. I was just working with a client. She wants to wrap things up. She wants to add a comfy chair and an ottoman in her bedroom so that she can sit and read and ideally maybe even a chair and a half or just a kind of big bulky chair so that one of her kids could sit with her. Okay, great. I said, let's look at retail because my trade resources are going to be weeks and weeks out. And I'll talk about that in a minute. And so we did. We went online. We looked at our house. We looked at restoration hardware, pottery barn, you name it. We checked it, Williams-Sonoma, Ballard Designs, and on and on. And when we did find something that was in stock, I said, let's get it immediately. You know, this is not where you need to start thinking, what's my discount? What's my markup? This is, let's get this client satisfied and let's get this project finished mentality. But guess what? Once my client ordered the piece, her confirmation email said that it was backordered. And that is not the first time I have heard that happen to people, both designers and homeowners, because trust me, designers order on retail sites all the time. They may have a trade discount program or what have you, but be very careful thinking that you have gotten lucky because I have found that that luck doesn't always play out. Now, it does in some scenarios, but the last two times we have tried this avenue, we have gotten bitten. So what about these trade resources? Well. I, for one, am a huge proponent of trade resources. The quality is unmatched. The options are endless. You really, truly can get a custom piece. And quite frankly, often for less than you can get at the retail stores. And do not get me started on why they charge so damn much at those retail stores for furniture that is not as high a quality. That's another topic for another podcast. But here's the thing. I work with a fantastic upholstery company in North Carolina. They are not in retail stores. They do not have showrooms all around the country. I actually found them in High Point. I was recommended to them by another designer friend of mine, and I love them. I refer to them as my mid-size mom and pop, right? They just are super easy to work with and have amazing product and customizable options. So pre-pandemic, they used to run about eight to 10 weeks, 10 weeks closer to the holidays. And that is with COM, which by the way, is customer-owned material. That is unheard of, right? I mean, most companies are 12 to 14, 14 to 16 weeks. So here we are just churning out furniture for years and years and years. Everything's going smoothly, pandemic hits, and of course, their lead times start slipping and slipping further and further and further away. I just got an email from them last week saying that they are now running anywhere between 38 and 40 weeks. And I'll be honest, I nearly fell out of my chair. The last I had checked, or maybe I missed an email, they were at, say, I think it was 26 weeks, which still, to me, was unfathomable. So 
I spoke to my rep and I called her immediately. We've gotten to be friends. And I said, what the hell is going on? You know, things seem to be getting better. And she said, well, not in our world. We are still having supply chain issues, getting the parts that we need. And she said, there is still a labor issue. There aren't people looking for the jobs that they need to fill. And so the people who they do have in those positions, they know that their jobs are safe and secure. She said, they'll call out sick just as to take a day off. They may take a break and scroll through Facebook for 45 minutes during working hours. And she said they know they're untouchable because if we let them go, there's no one standing at the door waiting to take their place. I mean, this is real. And I want to share it. This is here in the US. This is in North Carolina. Now, on the other hand, I did speak to another furniture company that has a very large presence and the majority of their furniture is made in Vietnam. And for those who haven't listened to me for too long, I need you to understand because I'm sure you're wondering, Vietnam, that's interesting. Well, get used to it because Vietnam has always made a large percentage of furniture, wood furniture predominantly, but also upholstered pieces for the U.S. market. And in the last year or two, I'll be honest, pandemic years are sort of blurring together. They overtook China as the largest producer of American furniture. I mean, let's sit on that for a minute. Vietnam is now making more of our furniture than anyone else, including us. So I was talking to my rep at this showroom looking for a few pieces. And he said, you know, Renee, here's the problem. We just reopened one of our factories that has been shut down for six months. I'm like, why would it be shut down? Do you have a labor issue like you have here? And he said, no, it's COVID. It's running rampant. They would shut down line after line. And eventually the owners just said, get them healthy and then we'll get back online. But the end result is they are cutting their line by almost 50% of the product. Now, they have an enormous line. I'm sure I wouldn't miss 30% of it. But that's where we are today at a time where the pandemic seems more livable and more manageable. The problems caused by it have not gone away. Okay, so you're saying, gee, thank you, Renee. The doom and gloom story is really not making me smile. And I know that, and I appreciate that. But I want you to understand where we are. So as a homeowner, if you are working with a designer and a designer is telling you, over and over again, how many things they cannot get for you. This is why. And as a designer, you need to explain these things in this level of detail to your client so that they understand what's going on. I mean, you know me, knowledge is power. So, okay, what do we do with this? So let's say this one forecast is right. And winter of 2023 is when things will sort of open up again. And Keep in mind, I heard 2022 was going to be when the world would open up. I mean, you know, so who knows when this is actually going to be on an upswing again. But in the meantime, if you're doing a construction project, you likely need furniture and fabrics and rugs and all sorts of good stuff to finish the actual project. So what I've been discussing with my clients is this. Okay, let's say I order furniture from this upholstery company. I know it's good quality. I know it's customizable and I know my client will love it. And I also now know it's 38 to 40 weeks. Now, let me further explain in my world, 
38 to 40 weeks means leaving the factory in North Carolina. That does not mean in my client's living room. I would bet it would take another five to six weeks. I know you just fell out of your chair when I said that, but another five to six weeks, if nothing changes, to get from North Carolina to my receiver in Pennsylvania to my client's home in either Pennsylvania, Delaware, or actually or in Maryland, five or six weeks. Yep, that is absurd. And trust me, I feel that way all the time, but that is a reality. So what does that mean? You're talking a year. If we order furniture today, you will have it around this time next year. I mean, seriously, I can't even believe I'm saying that out loud. It's just crazy. I mean, even the most high-end custom piece can be built in a fraction of the time. So that's where we are. And that's what I want to talk about. You need to become more clever at this point. And, And I am in the same boat. I love certain resources because they're tried and true, and I lean on them and rely on them. That can't be my go-to anymore. I have to get and have been getting much more creative as far as finding furnishings, fabrics, rugs, whatever the job requires. And how am I doing that? Well, variety of things. One, leaning on retail. And I can hear a few of you designers cringing when I say that. And trust me, it won't stay my norm. But if it can get me something in the client's house that they love, I mean, please do not think I am recommending you getting something that is, you know, second best or last choice by no means. But if there is a retail company that has what your client wants, then absolutely, positively get it from them because that is your job. Your job is to find the best pieces, the right fit for your client, and it doesn't matter where it comes from. The other avenue, I am a longtime lover of antiques, and I can't recommend them enough. A friend of mine is an antique dealer, and he said, hey, you know, I've always gone green. I guess I was ahead of my time because he considers antiques green furniture, right? It is. It's hand-me-down. It's reused. It's constantly being repurposed. So look at antiques. Now, a lot of you are thinking, why do I want antiques in my house? I mean, that that conjures up museums. It conjures up great-great aunts and you know things of that nature. It doesn't have to. There are so many really cool auctions online. And to be honest, if you're interested in them, send me an email. I am happy to send out some of the auction houses that I think have really decent stuff. And guess what? Spoiler alert, you can get antiques for a really decent price. Now, I'm not saying I buy antique upholstered pieces because oftentimes they have to be completely rebuilt. Sometimes if it's original, it's got horse hair in it and all, all sorts of other issues. But tables, chests, clocks, dining chairs, all of that is readily available. And by the way, technically in stock because they exist. And I love adding in that level of flavor to a room so that everything doesn't look like you walked into a showroom and just said, I'll take it all. Antiques can give a room a sense of depth and kind of luster that every room wants and shines because of. So, okay. So you've got retail sources, You have your antique sources. Let's talk about what do you already own? I reupholster furniture all the time. 
for a variety of reasons. One, because they have it and they love the piece. Two, often the older furniture is so superior in quality to what any of us can buy these days that it is worth it to reupholster. Now, keep in mind, people think that's the cheaper way out. I beg to differ. Um, My upholsterers are really top-notch and they aren't the cheap way out. By the time you pay for the labor and the fabric, you are essentially paying for technically a brand new sofa. So whether you're buying it in a store, buying it from a trade resource or reupholstering it, you will end up spending the same amount of money. But in times like this, it can be completed in a matter of weeks. And again, that's going green, reusing what you have. Now, if you're sitting there going, all right, let me think this through, Renee. Well, I'm putting on the family room. I have a sofa I like, but I I don't like the three cushion. I look in magazines now and I really like the one seat cushion. That's called a bench seat, by the way, and the two back cushions. And mine is three. It's called three over three, right? Three seat cushions with three back cushions. That's called three over three. And the one long is a bench. So technically that would be a two over one in the upholstery world. So there you go. Now you've got your your correct jargon if you go this route. Well, guess what? I do that all the time. I take a sofa, maybe it's been a hand-me-down. Maybe it's something you've had for 15 years and the skirt looks frumpy. I take the skirt off. We clean up the legs. Sometimes we stain them if we don't like the finish they were. We change the seat cushions. We change the back cushions. We might go from like that really fat kind of 80s big rolled arm to a more tapered arm. I mean, literally all of this is possible with a sofa you currently own. Now, again, it's not the cheap way out. I don't want to get emails from people who say, hey, Renee, I looked into this. and Wow, that was more expensive than I thought because it is labor. You are talking about humans doing this. It's not a machine. You can't put it on a conveyor belt and pop it out at the end. But one, it is reusing what you have. And I can almost guarantee without seeing it, that it is of higher quality. And actually a funny story, years and years ago, pre-kids, pre-marriage, I had a retail store. And I, I should actually write a book on the things that I, that came out of people's mouths in that retail store, because I had, you know, the front was a retail and it looked like someone's living room and everything was for sale. And the back was my design business. And this woman came in one day and she was, you know, lovely. We were talking and she was, you know, explaining what she wanted to do. And she said, I really need a new sofa. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, well, where do you want it? She said, well, I have one. She's like, but I need to get a new one because this one's too heavy. I'm going to pause there for a second so that you can think about what I just said. I didn't misspeak. The woman told me she needed a new sofa because the one she had was, quote, too heavy. So, of course, I didn't smirk, but man, it was really hard not to. Because in my head, I'm thinking, first of all, how do you know how heavy your sofa is? How often are you moving it? And two, do you know what a heavy sofa means if it's not a sleeper sofa? And clearly she didn't. So we discussed it. And I said, well, a heavy sofa means it's solid pieces of wood. It is likely not 17 pieces of wood that's glued together, which would create a much lighter, lower quality sofa. I said, let's take a look at it. And lo and behold, it was beautiful. She just didn't like the fabric. 
right? So be very careful when you are explaining to a designer, if you're working with one, or if you're going straight to an upholster, explain exactly what it is you don't like, because chances are it is less work than you think. Now, I could be wrong if you're going to be redoing all the arms and legs and things like that, that I just discussed, but this just cracked me up. I mean, her heavy sofa stayed in her home. We reupholstered it and she loved it. So those are the three areas that I am exploring and heavily exploring and using to my advantage, quite honestly. Now, one client said, oh, you're just ahead of the times. And I said, you know what? I'm really not. I am just trying to be as resourceful as I can with what I have at my disposal. And every week, it feels like I have less and less at my disposal. So the other thing I have recommended to anyone is if you find something that is available, but you don't need it for a couple of months and you're not sure what to do with it in the meantime, order it anyway. I mean that. Even if that means you put it in your garage and cover it, these are the things that you have to start thinking outside of the box in order to have anything when your job is finished. So we are still, by the way, ordering from my upholstery company in North Carolina. There are just things that I won't be able to source from those other avenues I just discussed. And so we will wait. Now, will things improve? My rep said, if things get better, they will get faster. They are small enough that they can pivot and shorten timelines. They're just giving the information that they have at hand right now. And therefore, we're looking at a year. Now, for designers, that can be very problematic for a couple of reasons. One, you obviously will be managing this part of the project for far longer than you would ever at any other time in our history. And what does that mean? Well, your other work with this client may end. And then all of a sudden you may have a sofa and two chairs and you're going to call them in a year. No, you're going to have to keep up with them. You're going to have to keep updating them, whether it's weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, it'll depend on how often the information changes from the actual company you're purchasing from. But yes, it's a really weird situation. And what I'm anticipating happening is after that year passes and the furniture arrives, the client might be a little surprised because I've had that happen when 12 weeks go by. The furniture comes in, they go, oh my gosh, that's right. I ordered a blue sofa. So my advice to designers is get visuals in front of them regularly so that when something does show up, and trust me, when my client will say, oh gosh, a blue sofa, they're not saying as a negative, they've just truly forgotten. And so it is incumbent, especially because of these extreme wait times to keep the information fresh in their head. And one, it helps them pass the time to keep them excited about what they initially had ordered. So I really didn't think I would need to talk about supply chain issues again. I really believed that first quarter of 2022 was going to be the parting of the clouds. And sadly, I was wrong. And I told you, I would tell you when I was wrong, I was wrong on this one. And it's not what I want to be wrong about because it impacts me every day. It impacts my clients every day. And I know it's impacting all of you in the same way. 
So maybe it's better to know that we're all in this together, but I want you to start thinking outside of the box, start getting more clever as far as finding resources that still fit the work. Remember, I don't want you to just be jerry-rigging projects together in order to have something in the room when it's finished. That is never going to be a goal that I would recommend ever. Now, if you have an old sofa and you know you're going to replace it, sure, put that in the new room, order the new stuff, and bide your time with what you have. But don't go out and buy something that you go, eh, all right, well, it's in stock. Don't do that. Don't spend good money on that. You wait it out because if you do this right, if you're ordering and thinking it through properly, this furniture should last you for years and years. So don't take the shortcut now simply because we're all sick and tired of waiting, as tempting as that may be. Trust me. So I am still looking for clever outside-of-the-box ideas. If I come up with great new avenues to explore, I will absolutely share those as well. But for now, I am 100% continuing to explore existing furniture that we can rebuild or reupholster, antiques, and I don't mean the frumpy ones, and any retail sources that may have more pieces in stock. But again, you will limit your selections if you go simply the retail route. And lastly, I will continue ordering from my trade resources. One, I want to keep them in business. I want them around when the world stops spinning backwards. But I also know the quality that they bring to the table, even if it's going to take longer than I would like, and certainly am accustomed to waiting. So as always, if this brings up more questions than answers, shoot me an email. I would happily share any resources I have that can get you through this hump to get us back up and running when that time comes. I can't thank you enough for your time today. And I really look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening today and feel free to join me on social media at Davine Design in order to stay up to date on the latest happenings in my construction world. There is more detailed information on my website for my signature courses for both homeowners and designers, as well as other material to help guide you through a successful renovation project. Make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a tip. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the word, leave a review and tell your friends who are starting or are mid project. And thank you again for listening today.